You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 163. The title of today's show is Keys to Reading the New Testament. Before we get into it, I want to let you know that this show is sponsored by, this episode is sponsored by my book, New Testament Snapshots. New Testament Snapshots focuses on 12 of the lesser-known people in the New Testament, and we examine what we find, the the little bit that is written in the New Testament about them, but we also look at some uh, early church historical records, we look at some early church traditions, and we we pull together a snapshot of this person, and we find out what they have to say to us today. You know, if you scroll through your phone and you look at your pictures, every picture tells a story. Well, it's the same in the Bible. When we read about these people, when we see their stories, um, we realize that that every picture, even every uh, phrase or every little paragraph we have about this person tells us a story, and there's something that we can learn. So check out New Testament Snapshots. There'll be a link in the show notes. So keys to reading the New Testament. You know, when we approach the Bible, it's so important to remember that this isn't just another book. It's actually a collection of books. There's 66 books in the um, in, in the in the Bible total, uh, 27 in the New Testament. And, uh, you know, this is This is an amazing collection of literature because it's really God speaking to us. Christians believe that the the scriptures are inspired by God and they still speak to us, you know, 2,000 years after they were written. Um, So 66 books, uh, a lot of different writers written between, you know, a period of 1,500 to 2,000 years, written to many different audiences. And also the whole Bible is written in three different languages. Um, Hebrew and Aramaic in the Old Testament, and then Greek in the New Testament. But what I want to talk about today is I want to talk about the importance for Christians to really get grounded in the New Testament. Now listen, I love the Bible reading plans. Um, They're fantastic, the ones that take you through the Bible in a year. And, you know, look, they're awesome. But at the same time, what I, as, as a Bible scholar, as a Bible teacher, as a pastor, what I find so much is that Christians today are, are almost biblic, biblically illiterate. Um, so many people are, are, unless they grew up in church, just don't know the New Testament. They don't know the narrative of the Bible. And, and, and you know, we can talk about the Old Testament, but I really believe as a Christian, until you get rooted and grounded in the New Testament, in the life of Jesus and the the foundation and the development of the early church, I think you're going to have real, real trouble understanding the Old Testament. And as we talk about, talk about um, reading the, the, the New Testament, 
Let me just break it down for you. Like I said, there's 27 books, but let me make it even simpler. There's 260 chapters, and this is just in the New Testament. If you read one chapter a day, you'll read the New Testament through um, almost two times. You'll basically read it through a time and a half, um, just reading a chapter a day. If you read two chapters a day, you'll read the New Testament through over two times during a year. And I promise you, if you read your New Testament to New Testament through twice a year for a couple of years, you're going to have a very, very solid background and a solid foundation of what God was doing there. We're going to have a clear understanding of the story of Jesus through the Gospels, through the, the development of the early church in Acts, and then also in Paul's letters. Now, I want to give you a couple of thoughts on how to read and how to study the New Testament. Obviously, the, the easiest way is just start at the beginning of the New Testament, which is the Gospel of Matthew, and just go right through to the end, which is the book of Revelation. And there is nothing wrong with that, because the four stories of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are there at the beginning. Then the next book, the fifth book in the New Testament, is the Acts of the Apostles, which is the story of the uh, development uh, of the early church and, and, and really the first 30 years of church history. And then you have the letters. You have Paul's letters, um, which are, there's 13 of those. And then you have uh, the general letters. There's several of those. And then of course, we, we end up with the book of Revelation. So, so you can read from, from the beginning, start at Matthew, run through to Revelation, and, and there is nothing wrong with that. Or you could uh, read chronologically. You know, if you got, got online and kind of found the order, the historical order, that the documents were written, and this is probably one of my favorite ways to read the New Testament, is I'll start with the the earliest documents, and, and I'll read those, um, which typically is uh, Paul's letters, um, uh, First and Second Thessalonians, Galatians are some of the earliest uh, writings. Um, if you wanted to start with the Gospels and read them chronologically and then move to the letters, you could do that too. The Gospel of Mark is first and then probably the Gospel of Matthew, and then Luke, and then John. And then, of course, the Acts of the Apostles. And then, you know, read, a, read Paul's letters through chronologically. They're interesting because he emphasizes some things at the beginning of his ministry, which he doesn't emphasize as much towards the end of his ministry. Um, you can also read the New Testament through thematically. Um, give you just an example. You know, Mark is considered to be the Gospel of Peter recorded by Mark. So if that's the case, what I like to do is I'll read Mark's gospel and then I'll read First and Second Peter because those um, are essentially uh, Peter's gospel and then two letters to different churches. Uh, Matthew presents a, a very Jewish gospel. And so I love to read Matthew and then the letter to the Hebrews and then uh, James's letter. These are probably the, the most Jewish documents in the New Testament. Um, and then, of course, if you read uh, Luke, um, I like to read Luke and Acts together because they're written by the same person. And so this is a great way for continuity's sake. And then a lot of times I'll read Paul's letters after I read Acts because that's kind of where they come into play. I mean, Paul's letters were written to the churches that you know Acts records him founding. And then, of course, John, the Gospel of John, he's also got three... Uh, small letters, and then the Revelation, I like to read those together as well. That's another way to, to read the New Testament. Uh, 
Another thing that we can do it, to, to study it, and, and you know, it's good to read the Bible, but it's also good to study it, to kind of dig in a little bit. Um, maybe actually pick out a book that you want to study and dig in in some detail. For example, if you wanted to study one of Paul's letters, if you said, I'm going to study uh, Paul's letters to to First Thessalonians. Some scholars consider it his earliest letter, his earliest letter. Others would say it's Galatians, but it's still one of his early ones. So if you said, "I'm going to take First Thessalonians," it's a short letter, take you probably 15 minutes to read, um, and you would focus on it for for a period of time. If you said, "Okay, over the next month or the next couple of weeks, I'm going to study First Thessalonians and I'm going to see what he has to say." And, uh, you know, the first thing you'd want to do is sit down and read it through in one sitting. Like I said, it's going to take you probably around 15, 20 minutes, if that, to sit down and read it through and to get a good feel for it. Um, And if you read it through in its entirety several times, say over a week, you're going to really begin to get a good feel of what that book is about. Um, this is actually a really good place to start your study of the Scriptures. If you said, I'm going to study 1 Thessalonians, and you read it through every day for a week, it's going to be very clear to you what the important parts of that letter are, what the main themes are, and then you're going to be ready to dig in and study a little bit. So after several full readings, it's time to get some background on the book. And there's so many sources you can go. I mean, I've got in, in, in my office, I've got hundreds and hundreds of books and uh, you know probably literally hundreds of, of commentaries and I love going into some of those commentaries and getting background but you can also do this online I'm going to enclose some uh, some websites that I like to use for study and you can actually go in and get some great background on who Paul is writing to for example if we're studying Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians and he wrote two letters to the church um, you might want to start off by reading uh, the account of Paul's planting of the Thessalonian church. This is in Acts 17. And then even go online and find out some history of the city of Thessalonica. You're going to find out some very significant and interesting things that are going to make that letter become even uh, more real. It's going to really come alive to you. So do some background, do some study uh, on the particular book. Um, And then it's good as you're reading and as you begin to say, okay, I've read it through several times, but I still don't understand what he's talking about in this particular passage. This is where you want to go and check the commentaries. You want to look up that particular verse, look at the background on some of the words, and begin to, to dig in and see what some good Christian scholars say about these particular passages, because it's going to become... Uh, you know, much, much more meaningful when you begin to dig in a little bit and see what the writer is trying to stay. Now, after you've explored um, some material uh, on the background of the book, now it's good to also look at the author. Um, And you might do this earlier, but at some point you want to explore the author. Um, Obviously, in the case of 1 Thessalonians, it's the Apostle Paul. But if you've never studied, uh, you know, the Apostle Paul and, and looked at him and his education and his background and his conversion, there's a lot of things to see there. And so understanding, a good understanding of the author is going to really help us. Um, it's also good 
to after you've, you've, you've gotten some background on the book, after you've maybe explored the author a little bit, um, and also you've, you've looked at some passages, some key passages that maybe you didn't understand, and now you've, you've, you've gone to some commentaries and you've gotten an idea and a better understanding, now it's good to maybe read the whole book through again and see what, what you might see differently this time now that you've, you've actually studied. Actually, what's going to happen is you're going to see a lot of things begin to jump off the page to you. And then another thing you can do is you might want to uh, begin to break it down into smaller sections. You might focus on a particular chapter for a while. Then you might focus on the next chapter for a while. And as you begin to do this, and, and, and you know, it sounds almost tedious, but what you're going to find is, and again, we're talking about there, there's, a, there's a real difference between studying God's Word in depth and just reading it for your pleasure, um, you know, which hopefully we're all doing during the day at some point. Um, but, you know, you might sit down and read two or three chapters, but then you may have this, this other one that you're actually working on studying. And so when you start breaking it down, you start focusing on a chapter, and you begin to focusing on, focus on key verses, it's really going to reinforce, those key verses are really going to reinforce what you're seeing, the themes that you're pulling out of the book. I even recommend as you're studying a book, um, look for passages of Scripture to memorize. You know, each book of the New Testament, I guess we could say each book of the Bible, but each book of the New Testament is, is inspired by God, and there is something powerful about memorizing Scripture. And so a lot of times what I'll do is I'll pull a passage out or a, thing, you know, a key, key verse out, and, and I'll read over it, and I'll practice it, and I'll meditate on it, and I'll even memorize it. And, um, and I find that memorizing the Scriptures is such a powerful tool in my personal life but also as a preacher and teacher and communicator, I find that as I hide God's Word in my heart, He brings it to my remembrance when I'm preaching and teaching or writing. And so these, these verses just come alive. And I would also recommend that as you do this kind of study, that um, write down your insights and revelations. You know, you may have questions that you don't have answers for. That's fine. Write the questions down, you know, that, that have jumped out at you if you're studying First Thessalonians or some other book. Write the insights and revelation down that you have. Um, I recommend keeping a notebook handy, or if you're like me and have terrible handwriting, um, create a file on Evernote or some other file on your computer, maybe a Google Doc. But whatever, keep, keep your notes handy and make notes as you study the scriptures because you'll come back to these things over and over again. Now another way that we can study the New Testament, and this is a little bit different, but this is a thematic approach. You know, what I've just encouraged you to do in the first approach is to take a book and study it. So if you say, I'm going to study the Gospel of John for the next month, that's all you're focusing on. You're focusing on the Gospel of John. But now we're going to look at a more thematic approach. We're going to take a theme and we're going to study that particular theme. For example, if we said we were going to study the theme of the kingdom of God, what we're going to do is we're going to look for passages of Scripture that talk about the kingdom of God. 
and we're going to see what those scriptures say. And you know, there, there's the kingdom of God is referred to in many places, but the Gospel of Matthew, uh, probably more than any other, really give us some wonderful insights into what Jesus said the kingdom of heaven was like. Um, so we can we can study those passages of scripture and dig into those themes. And we'll do it the same way. We're going to read through the passages of Scripture that talk about what we're trying to study, in this case, the kingdom of God. And then we'll probably go online or with a commentary, and we're going to look at, at what some scholars have to say about the kingdom of God in these passages of Scripture. And we're going to meditate on it, and we're going to see what insights and what see what God gives us. And then we're going to write our findings down. Another theme that you might want to uh, study would be the, the manner in which Jesus called and developed his disciples. You know, there's a lot of talk in, in the world today, in the church and in the business world, about leadership development. But, you know, Jesus, I think we can say hands down, was the master at developing other leaders. Um, Twelve men, one was a, a little bit of a blip, Judas the traitor, but even that was part of God's plan. But the other eleven took the gospel and changed the world after Jesus left. So going through the gospels and looking and seeing how Jesus developed leaders. Another thing that might be interesting for you to study would be the miracles of Jesus. What did the miracles of Jesus signify? Um, I actually wrote about this in one of my books, Miracles on Mark. I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes to it. But that's what that, that book was birthed out of was me doing a study on the miracles of Jesus as seen in Mark's gospel. And, and notice I was being very focused here. I wasn't studying the miracles in Matthew or Luke or John. I was focusing specifically on the miracles in Mark's gospel. Mark is a very fast-paced gospel. It's a very action-oriented gospel. And I wanted to see why Mark presented the miracles that he presented. So that's what that book is. It's a study of that. So again, this is a great, uh, a great thematic study. And then, if you want to expand that study, look at the look at the other gospels and see um, how the miracles compare. How does Matthew present the miracle, the same miracle that Mark pr presents? Um, you know, they they all the gospel writers present the feeding of the five thousand. Well, how does each writer portray it differently? Because if you study that, you're going to see that John tells a little bit of a different story. And it's not that it's different, but he adds more detail than the other writers do. Why does John give the detail that he does about the miracle of feeding the 5,000? And this is such a rich and rewarding way to study the New Testament. Now, these are just some thoughts. These are just some ideas. Obviously, there are so many great ways for you to study your Bible. Um, the YouVersion app has some great Bible study plans and some great study guides. Uh, there are so many books out that you can use to, uh, to, to help you study the Bible, to study the Scriptures. But I encourage you to read and study the New Testament. It's great to read the whole Bible. I encourage you to read the whole Bible. But if you don't have a good foundation in the New Testament first, let's start there. A chapter or two a day, you'll read it through twice a year. 
Well, now I would love to hear from you. What are some other ways that you've found to study the scriptures? I'd love to hear your thoughts on this important topic. I'd love to hear your insights um, about what you've found works and what doesn't work in studying the Bible. So go to davidspell.com, leave your question or comment in the comments section for today's post. While you're there, while you're at davidspell.com, make sure you subscribe to get my free newsletter. This is a great way for us to stay in touch. I send out my blog three times a week, and my subscribers also get my subscribers-only newsletter that I send out once a month. So friends, let's stay in touch. Well, again, thanks for being with me. I hope this has been helpful to you. Keys to reading the New Testament. And until next time, this is David Spell encouraging you to study the New Testament.